Welcome to the Casual Planeswalker Podcast, the show made by casual players for casual players. This week, the last few spoilers from the rise of the Eldrazi and what we're looking forward to at the pre-release. So chug an energy drink, dust off your play mat, and spin that life counter to 20 because we're about to begin. This week, uh, we're pretty excited about the upcoming Eldrazi pre-release event, and we're going to give you a few few more previews of cards that have been released. It's getting pretty close to the end, so a lot of them have been unveiled, but we're going to talk about some of our favorites and give you some ideas for what to look for at the pre-release and some drafting tips. As usual, we have the stellar lineup of Brad, Josh, and Nick. That's right. <laughs> and I'm really excited to talk about all these cards that are coming out. I mean, there's some pretty crazy-looking things coming out this week. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Let's just talk about some interesting cards yeah. that you guys have had a chance to look at. Oh, man, did you guys see this card, Vengevine? Yeah! Oh, my gosh. That's sick. It's delicious. Vengevine. I love this card. Like, I, I just don't understand what to say. Like, I can't. <laughs> man, there's so much hate for, like, small creatures... Any of these, like, just mass destruction, you know, this consume the meek, anything with three or less. You've leveled yeah. up your brimstone mage to level three by paying 15 mana. Someone pays that. Five, which may also not be much. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so we're going to go to the pre-release in Denver. So that's pretty exciting. Have you heard any drafting strategies for Eldrazi yet? If you, yeah, you know, if I were going to say anything, everything with rebound would be something that I would be inclined to draft. Yeah. Because you're essentially getting two spells for the price of one. In the context of Eldrazi okay. and stuff, though, is that is that really going to matter? Is it just going to be like, you know... Well, these spells are, like, these are all cheaper. I don't know. Oh, I think Nick, good for the record, Staggershock, who called it? Who called it? You did. I believe. I believe one of us called it. Was it you? Was it who was it? It, it was. Who was it, it again? Was definitely. Which, you, which one of us? We we were contesting about how much it would cost, whether or not it would exist. Yeah. I, how much did you say it would cost? I said, I said it would have to be at least two. Oh. It couldn't cost one. Okay. Well, then that I would failed. Just be ridiculous. I think we'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> I don't think we should actually. I think we should just let it go. I believe I think you... we should just let this let the sleeping dog lie. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested now. You know, not personally invested at all. I can just sort of be the mediator here. No, 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 no. I insist. <laughs> I insist. I wouldn't want to dig anything up. I, I would just you know. Let's just let this be. You know, kind of a draw. <laughs> yes, a draw. We'll go with that. I, I I actually do believe that the existence of a Staggershock like card was in question. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There it is. We have Stat uh, Staggershock. It's two colorless and a red. It's an instant, and it deals two damage to a creature or player, and it has rebound. That's right. rebounding shock. Um, I don't know. The thing I like about it the most is that you can either deal four damage straight to the per- the person. Or two damage to a creature when you need to, and then two damage to them later. The other great thing about this card is that it, since it's an instant, you zap them at the end of turn, oh, yeah. and the very next turn zaps them for two more. Huh. Like it's just, right when you said I instant, I was like, oh my god, EOT, end of turn. 
Yeah. Oh, that makes it infinitely better. Yeah, that's just, you know, you're sitting in your hand, you got three open, whatever, you know, maybe you want to sit on, like, a lightning bolt. <laughs> Forgot or, the name for a second. The, I use Magma Jet, the one that lets you scry, you know, because then you could be like, oh, oh yeah. Scry at the end of turn so I can see what the next thing I'm going to draw. Oh, you're going to attack me with your 2 2. Well, I'll kill that. Nope. And then on, on my upkeep, I'll zap you for two. Yeah, that is nice. I, I appreciate that. I wonder if that'll actually make it into Legacy Burn decks. I don't know. It's it's kind of um, high investment for red. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's legacy that. caliber, but I think I, it's definitely it, high. It's caliber. definitely a standard. casual red. Definitely casual red. Definitely a good standard card too. I think. Yeah. Uh, it might. I don't know. It might actually be good. I'll have to you know test it a while, play it in some decks and see what how it uh, changes the game for me. Yeah. Well, had you had a chance to look at the Renegade Doppelganger, Nick? Um, is that the one that changed into something whenever you play a creature? Dylan yeah. That one thing's in pretty a blue? In... Yeah. Oh. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have Renegade Doppelganger become a copy of that creature until end of turn. Have you thought about Eldrazi? Oh. <laughs> well, those are... Well, most of them are... Le- the, the big ones are legendary, which would make them explode. Uh, uh Okay, there's well, the make pause. there's Spawn Sire of Ulamog. Right, seven, there are other ones. Hand, Hand of Emrakul, 7-7. Seven, seven. Oh my god, yeah, no, listen to this, listen to this. Alright, so you've <laughs> got the listen. zero one. Yeah, I know, what, what else are you going to do? No. <laughs> so you got the blue guy sitting out, okay, one and a blue. You've got Hand of Emrakul in your hand. You sacrifice four Eldrazi spawn to pay his casting cost. Mm-hmm. And you have a 7-7 seven, seven Annihilator 1 instantly. By sacking four of these Eldrazi spawn that I'm assuming are easy to come up with. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. Much like I'm not entirely sure what's expensive in this set, because everything <laughs> seems to be weird. I, I can't figure anything out. But Everything costs a billion mana. I, it doesn't seem like it would be that difficult to get four, four mm-hmm. Eldrazi spawn. Right. And it, boom, there you go. You get these two cards, you're going to smack hard. Are they raising life totals? <laughs> That's it. Wizards was... is going to announce it yeah. next week. All right. It's an announcement. Life total is now starting at 40. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the game out. Well, think about that. What are you going to, like, oh, my gosh, you could hit so hard on, like, turn three or four. <laughs> there is another card that I don't remember what it is, but I'm sure you guys can, you'll know what I'm talking about. It was you can sacrifice three black creatures instead of paying its mana cost. You mean the one that brought out Spirit of the Night, or are you talking about a new one? No, 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 it's a, it's a, let's see, it was a creature that was a 6-6, six, six. Uh, this is, I can't, I can't handle their new, like, search stuff. Oh, yeah, it's insane. I don't like it. Back in my day, we just typed in a bunch of random words and found things. They made it, like, way too complicated. And it, it tries too hard, and then you can't find what you're looking for. And, um... Oh, no, yeah, okay, here it is. But when I put three black creatures, I didn't believe me. <laughs> I, told me I just did a Google search, and I think I found it. Delrace? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. Yeah, I should just use Google, man. Um, Google's yeah. much more effective than Gatherer. <laughs> it harkens to, like, uh, what, what we were even talking about to begin with, but we were talking about the, um, the Hand of Imrakul. Parking's oh, right. I was trying to remember. I was like, what are we even talking about? The Del Rach, or Del Rach, or however you want to pronounce that, 
And then there was the, uh, what was that, the 6-4 Titan, Salvage Titan, from uh, Shards of Alara that was sacrificed through artifacts, I believe, against Manacost. So then that was, you had that one, too. So what's your point with all of this? Yeah. My point, there was absolutely no point, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think I was just going to say, that's actually, okay, this is on a completely different note. That's a common. I didn't even realize that. The Hand of Imrakul is a common. Oh, I know. That's what's sick about it. So what we're going to do right there is we're going to go back all the way to what I started talking. <laughs> yeah. Right to there. And you think, oh, oh yeah, that's common. common. <laughs> Chunk, just take all that out. <laughs> that was awful. It's a renegade doppelganger. <laughs> I think there's plenty of creatures that renegade oh. doppelganger can be ridiculous with in this set. I, I, I have to note here the delicious flavor text on renegade doppelganger. Well, you, you have to kind of see the picture. It's a couple of these... I don't know, snake-like, maybe gelatinous alien dudes. And uh, they definitely, you know, have tails and slither. And it says, uh, to truly know a creature, slither a mile in its tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Only you Beautiful. find that. <laughs> now that is very uh, silly. I think, yeah, definitely that, that can cause a lot of problems with these Annihilator guys. You just It's kind of like, you know, you play one, swing with your doppelganger guy. And they automatically are, uh, you know, annihilating some of the permanents. Yeah. Which it's like you're basically cutting down the effectiveness of the Eldrazi by one turn. You know, normally mm-hmm. they come out and then your opponent's like, okay, I guess I have to deal with that next turn. I'm tapped out now. While with Renegade Doppelganger, forget about that. <laughs> yeah. As soon as your other one comes into play, Renegade Doppelganger becomes him and he's swinging because you've controlled the Doppelganger. Right. Your turn. Silly, silly. Another card that I think that is really interesting, just in, in, in its uh, mechanics and everything, if you guys see Not of This World... Uh, yeah. The free the... cost. <laughs> but normally, it costs seven to All right, play. Yeah, give us, give us a description of this card. It is really interesting. Alright, Not of This World is a seven... It's like, you know, it's an um, tribal instant Eldrazi. So it's completely colorless. Costs Which seven mana. Instead of, uh, okay, well, first, counter-target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. That's really cool, because not only is it a spell, but it's also, you can stop an ability. As long as it's targeting something you control, whether it's, like, land destruction spell, or even the, like, a wasteland, counter-target spell or ability that targets a permanent you control. Costs seven. Okay, that's a lot of mana. However, it costs seven less to cast if it targets, if the target of the spell or ability targets a creature you control with power seven or greater. Which is really cool with all of the Eldrazi guys, of course. Especially if somehow they figured a way to get Emrakul targeted with one of their spells. And then you, um... If they figured out a way. <laughs> yeah, and Sorry. so they, you know, decide to try to aim something at Emrakul. Like, let's say the Oblivion Ring. Hooray, you've got an Oblivion Ring in play and it's targeting him. Uh-oh. Not of this world. Counters the ability. <laughs> for free. Of the Oblivion Ring. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming you've already been punched in the face for 15 with Imrakul. That's just like slapping somebody and then spitting in their eye. <laughs> and I see this, you know, it could possibly be used in, you know, other formats like Legacy, competitive sort of scene with uh, uh, Phyrexian Dreadnought. A lot of players play that, you know, play the stifle combo with Dreadnought, so they have, uh, you know, 12-12 that is suddenly very much the only thing on the table, turn two, and is just begging to be hit with a path to exile. Mm-hmm. Not of this world sitting in your hand, suddenly that path to exile isn't quite as significant or relevant anymore. 
especially when you don't have to, you know, remove a blue card to, you know, force a will or anything. I was just thinking about this in that in context of that because I had just come home from a legacy uh, night, saw this card right after that after having played a Dreadnought deck that night. You know, guys, I, I just had this thought. Um, looking at Vengevine, who is quickly becoming my favorite creature I've seen from Eldrazi so far, just because he's so different yeah. than the other things we've seen. He's a two colorless and two green for a 4-3 green creature with haste. You don't see too often. Whenever you cast a spell, if it's an, if the it's the second creature spell you cast this turn, you may return Vengevine from your graveyard onto the battlefield. I, what I'm wondering is, do you think that there's going to be a place for decks that win fast? Like, okay, Eldrazi is coming, you know, they might be coming out on turn three or four. Do you think there's going to be a type of deck that ignores the Eldrazi, ignores the huge creatures, and just tries to, like, go for the throat as fast as possible? Like, maybe... Vengevine might be, like, the highest-cost creature in the deck, and maybe it'd be, like, red and green or something. Mm-hmm. I have uh, one word for you there, sir. Okay. Jund. Jund, yes. Jund. And if uh, if you haven't been looking at uh, the deck lists uh, people have been playing, these decks are as di- apparently as disgustingly sick as Affinity was in Standard back when Mirrodin was around, and... I think, I can't even, I couldn't tell you, but I know that it runs Bloodbraid Elf is probably one of the higher-end cards. and But it definitely likes to abuse the idea of getting hasty creatures out there, or just really efficient creatures and on the table and just smacking face with them. The thing that I think is really silly is that uh, Bloodbraid Elf can hit a lot of powerful cards. The whole idea of a four-cost spell being able to net you a three-cost spell or anything else is kind of silly to me, and that they you, the deck just utilizes that, and like you can hit Blightning, you can hit Sprouting Thrinax. The deck is just really silly and unpleasant to play against, but I think Vengevine might make it into that list as another hasty punch in the face, especially with the fact that it comes back if you play more than two creatures in a turn. Which seems very likely with a Jund deck. Mm-hmm. Especially if you Cascade with a Bloodbraid Elf into another creature. Bang! Wow. Two creatures falls oh, right wow. there. Right Vengevine there. pops right back. And he is a mythic, so he, he's definitely got that you know power behind him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- I guess that's an interesting topic to discuss. How how do you think Jund is going to face up against the Eldrazi? Is it going to prove Eldrazi to be irrelevant? Is Jund still going to be the most powerful deck you can have for a while? Well, there have been um, decks that have been struggling to be a control deck in the format, from what I've seen. People have been really trying to get a, a control deck out there. Like Spreading Seas has been one of the more popular cards. Just really set Jund back a couple, messing with their you know mana fixing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have a red now it's a blue. Oh, you have a green now it's a blue. How about how about you just use blue mana? And that <laughs> yeah. set back a couple couple turns and um, give them some you know breathing space before they like start th- you know coming out of the gates again. But I think with a powerful house like the Eldrazi for a uh, for a win condition, uh, it could very well be the thing that uh, control needs in order to get its foot in the door. Day of judgments and all those things just keep the uh, keep the creatures at bay, and then. Well, yeah, if, especially if you're running blue control. I mean, you've got the renegade doppelganger that we just talked about for one and a blue. Mm-hmm. 
you've got if you're running black, you know, this one's, you know, three and two black, consume the meek, destroy each creature with converted mana cost three or less. And that's they gonna really wreck most of Jun's deck cards. That yeah, that that's Jund right there. Good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mean, they'll have but, a lone bread blood braid elf out there, but I don't know. It, the problem is that it's it's not fast. Mm-hmm. I see you're gonna need some really quick ramping going on. But as we mm-hmm. discussed earlier, it's potential that you could get was it Kozilek or Emrakul by turn five? Yeah, magical Christmas land, but still. <laughs> um, no, that was uh, that was actually I think the green guy. Oh, the green. That was the oh man, Colony Hydra. No, I'm pretty sure we talked. It was one of the Eldrazi we could you could get out. With I can't the... remember exactly how. Oh, oh, with I, the I do believe it yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been Kozilek. It might have been Olamog. No. Olamog is 11, Kozilek is... 10. Might be a hard time from 10. Yeah, no, it probably was Kozilek, and that would be with the Eye of Ugin and the Eldrazi Temple. You could get several Eldrazi Temples out, too, but I think that was the idea. Yeah, I think it was something like that. So, yeah, I mean, is this finally the time for Jund to be dethroned? I hope so, in all honesty. I'd yeah. like to see something compete, because, I mean, if you've looked at deck lists from, like, the top... X decks from an event, most of them are done. I mean, yeah. it's really just everyone plays the same deck against each other. It's One of them will win, but better. it's the same deck. Yeah, who gets mm-hmm. who's luckier that day? Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of annoying. Oh, look at that! They just got all their dumb creatures out faster than I did. They lost. Boo! It's dumb. Hmm. Um, maybe maybe that's why Wizards swung the pendulum so far in the other direction and slowing the game down, having big creatures, having easy destruction of anything that's small, you know, consume... Uh, consume the meek? Oh, yeah, it was consume the meek. <laughs> it was, yeah. Consuming everything that's meek. Very aptly named. <laughs> yeah. It, even even on the other side, uh, assuming that you're not going to combine the two, but maybe, but the defender idea, right. that's that's another really yeah. slow, like, hey, let's let's calm down and... and <laughs> Hang wait on a, a second, turn. guys. <laughs> Then let's, I'll kill you. Take this. Exactly. Speaking of Defender, I saw a card there, Brad, that I think you will really like. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, because it's not in your favoritest of colors. However, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Which card is it, then? Wall of Omens. Oh, my gosh, we read my mind. I'm <laughs> staring at it right now. <laughs> yeah, I saw that card, and I'm like, Wall of Blossoms for white. Interesting concept. I certainly like white having some form of card advantage. But um, the card that I thought was really cool, that they're, they have Path to Exile that's in, in Conflux, but that's going to cycle out eventually, closer to the end, you know, in October. However, a, a decent one-cost removal spell for white would be something that would help keep white in the game. And uh, I was looking at this one, Oust. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I haven't uh, seen it. It's one white. for It's a sorcery, though, which is a little less effective than, you know, an instant remove target creature from the game. But instead of removing from the game, it's put target creature on top of its owner library, second from the top, and that owner creature's controller gains three life. Hmm. Second from the top. Yeah, so it's not the next card they're going to draw, but it's going to be, at some point, something that they're going to draw. Ooh, I like that, actually. I mean, say they... Even even if they sort of cheated out one of the Eldrazi by sacking spawn tokens or whatever, something yes, like that... Again. Yeah, okay, your spawn tokens hopefully, are gone, <laughs> and you you did your tricks and you played your 
12 cost spell, but now you're back down to your meager 5 or 6 mana. You have no spawn tokens, and your creature's, you know, gone. Yeah, it's not like spawn tokens are that big of a thing anyway. I mean, there's zero ones, but still, the fact that they put an investment into getting their creature, and suddenly it's gone on Mm -hmm. top of their library... They may have three life, but I mean, it's still one less creature that they have to block with. In Eldrazi, I don't think the three life is going to matter that much, honestly. Right. I mean, if you can hold them off and then swing in with your 12-12 Annihilator flying thing or whatever. Absolutely. It matter. You know, Nick, I I was talking to Josh about this, but I'd like to bring up the fact that they put Vendetta in this set. Yeah, Vendetta. I was interested in that. I was angry i have to be honest like first of all i've never been a huge fan of the card i I understand that one black instant destroy target non-black creature is really powerful Mm -hmm. but the drawback is that you lose life equal to that creature's toughness and i just feel like any other destroy target non-black creature card in this set would have been so much better like why vendetta that's that's gonna hurt so bad and if you're destroying a twelve twelve, you know, yeah, I just don't see it as as being playable. Well, you can't even kill him, Rocco, with it. He's got yeah. pro color, so he's a horse of another color anyway. Yeah, you don't even worry about that. That's well, you're not. Even, you couldn't. It's fifteen fifteen. What are you gonna do? Take fifteen? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, I think. Well, I mean, maybe that leads towards something like something of the idea that life totals may be very volatile in this set. I don't okay. know. We seem to have a good chunk of the cards that are released, but we still have another have, um, like 650, 60 left. I haven't really seen revealed. much life gain, though. I've True. seen life loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there is near-death experience that says at the beginning of your upkeep, if you oh, have I'm exactly one life, you win <laughs> the game. Oh my gosh, hey. I'm going to kill a bunch of creatures with Vendetta and then... <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be winning the game. Thank you very much. Especially with some sort of... Is it, uh, it seems like there were a couple other life... Well, there was, of course, the... Um, what do you call him? The Palaka Worm. He yeah. seems like a pretty good pretty good target. Yeah. For, not target, but thing to have out should you be playing uh, Vendetta. You know, momentous fall, Palaka Worm. We were talking about that. Mm-hmm sort of thing last time, but... Yeah, I mean, you could definitely sack Palaka Worm to Momentous Fall and gain, what, 14 life and draw 15 cards? Yeah. Some black-green... I don't know. It seems interesting that the the set is just has a bunch of good, seemingly good cards in it, but also, you know, things like Vendetta, where I'm not sure if I want to play this card, but if you think about it in... um in draft or, you know, sealed events, it's probably going to be a really effective removal spell against those early game creatures. Okay. So okay. it's not meant like, to be a later game, it's more of just a... I wouldn't think so. I think it would be like something like, um, what's that new one? Uh, it's, there's so many new cards, it's just hard to find them right away. But the um, Transcendent Master, I mean, mm-hmm. I would want to deal with that thing as soon as I saw it. I would yeah. be like, no, no. That's dead. Nope, done. Okay. I'd rather you not have a level, uh, you know, 12, 9-9 lifelink indestructible creature. Let's yeah. kill that while it's still a 3-3. Three, three. I lose 3 life, however, I, you do not get a 9-9 lifelink indestructible. 
I guess, but do you, do you think people are going to be drafting the level up creatures? Um, I would. Okay. I mean, what else are you going to like? Oh, I didn't draw something I needed this turn. Level it up twice. That's you true. Know? I guess in draft, mm-hmm. you're, you're not always. You can't rely on what you're going to be drawing, so maybe level up is is a draft mechanic. I really yeah. like that student of warfare as far as leveling up is concerned. Oh my goodness, that's a fantastic. Card. Oh, it's sick. Well. First of all, just two white, and he's a three-three. First Super strike. Three-three. First strike. I mean, yeah. That, he's obviously, you know, he's rare, so you're probably not going to see yeah. too many of him. But at level well, seven, he's a four-four double strike, so he levels up for one white. You know, not too bad. Then if you have that uh, enchantment out there, time of heroes, each creature you control with a level counter on it gets plus two, plus two. Yeah. He's a. F- at, then he's a five-five. Uh, no, he's a six-six. Well, yeah, with the double strike. Oh, okay, but... I see what you're saying. Yeah, for two, he's a 5-5. Five, five. Oh, wow, God. that's nice. Yeah. See, things are so big. I, I can't get my head around this. I don't know. I'm not going to know what to do on Saturday. I'm really not. <laughs> you should just print I... out as many cards as you can and just start drafting pretend. <laughs> but the th- draft. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, we've been looking at these cards for... Um, at least you know a month now, and I, I too I, I have no idea which direction to go. I understand that there's monstrous creatures everywhere, but what does that mean? You know, it means I guess, draft removal. Yeah, basically, and hope that your monstrous creatures get through. There's going to be monstrous creatures. Everyone's going to have big creatures, and what people aren't going to have is ways to deal with the big creatures and. Like you said, just get ways to get rid of them, and big creatures, you're going to find them. There's mm-hmm. more moving around. I, You know, I'm just probably as confused as you are when it's going to come to the, the pre-release and all those cards that are going to be thrown out there. It's just, I don't expect to ever win pre-releases because I am so unfamiliar with the cards that... I mean, even even though we've been talking about them, I, I've never seen them played. So, I mm-hmm. mean, like all the Annihilator things are probably going to rip people apart if they hit the table. Yeah, but I see that if being a somebody game. else builds something, anything else, then they're going to be, you know, overrun before they can play their Annihilator stuff. It's all going to come down to the circumstances in which the cards are find themselves played. As long as you're coming out of the gate swinging against somebody with Eldrazi stuff, you'll probably take them down. However, if you don't start off well and they get their creatures out, or if they get enough like removal, targeted removal, blast well your creatures and then finally play their, you know. 10-4, or 10-9, Annihilator 2, or there. Yeah. Then there's no coming back from that. I mean, that's those are the things that are, like, sealing the game, making sure that not only are you taking 10 damage in a turn, but you're also losing two permanents and making it very much harder for you to come back from that. Yeah. Well, one way that, you know, we haven't really discussed of dealing with some of these Eldrazi is, you know, these people who are going to be playing Eldrazi are not going to have you know, a ton of creatures on the board. Assuming that, you know, aside from the little spawn things, if they get them, but I'm assuming they're going to use all of their spawn to get these Eldrazi out as soon as possible. Sacrifice. Make them sacrifice creatures. Ah, yes. Consuming Vapors, three and a black. Target player sacrifices a creature. You gain life equal to that creature's toughness. And it has rebound. Nice. I love that one. That right there is going to be... I think, as far as drafting is concerned, if you were running against somebody who's going to be throwing out monsters at you, make them eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get life based on their... That's going to help you out. Someone is messing around and throws out a hand of Immerakal on you, and 
they've got to sack it, you gain seven life. And then next turn, yeah. if they have anything else, they're going to have to sack that. I like that. Consuming Vapors. Uh, that's going to be one of my favorite cards, I think. Unfortunately, it's a rare. I wish it were a common. I'm waiting for some really good common removal. <laughs> it seems like one of those rares that is people aren't going to think to play it. Yeah. I mean, it might not even be that good. However, I think it's it can be really good. I mean, like it, it might be a dollar end up being a dollar rare, but in a casual format, that card is just I hate sacrificing creatures. Like I hate having to choose which one of my two creatures I'm going to sacrifice because I'm like I don't want to sacrifice either of them. Sam yeah. this Why? makes the decision for you. You just get to pick one and then you can sack the other one on my next turn. <laughs> right. That's that's awful is because essentially a one-sided barter in blood that gives you life instead. Yeah. Even over the course of your turns, but you still like sack a creature. Okay, you sacrifice your one one this turn. Next turn, you're gonna have to sacrifice your six six, to, and I'm gonna gain six life. Mm-hmm. Oh, you kept it around for one turn. Hit me with it. Well, I'm just yeah. gonna gain that life right back. I like that card. I think it could be good. I think it could also be ignored by everybody. It is a rare, so if you're drafting, you know, good luck getting one. <laughs> Definitely splashable too, though. I mean, you look at that oh, card. Yeah. Three and a black. I mean, all you need is the one black, and you're yeah. golden. And it plays itself a second time for free, so it's not like you're, you know, you may cast it in another turn. They could have just as easily been like, yeah, let's let's make it like at the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay this card's mana cost and then play it again. But instead, they just made it. Oh, just cast it again. I mean, we made Cascade. Why not make Rebound? True. Silliness. I like it. I like it. I'd like to see how it ends up being played. I will splash black for one of these in a deck. <laughs> <laughs> if you have it, I would definitely play it. I mean. Two card, it's like two free removal spells. Well, one free removal spell, but... Three and a black, that's not that expensive. If you're considering things that are, you know, draft style. I guess Corpse corpse Hatch is going to be the most killer removal. It's uncommon and... Destroy target non-black creature. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get two tokens. Mm -hmm. That just seems kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. So, I mean, like, essentially, if you want to play a second spell that turn, it's just like you uh, only paid three for it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Dark Vanishing. I don't know. I, it's just, like I said, I'm so confused by this. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how this goes, because I really mm-hmm. want to find out what sort of flavor this takes on. If, if this takes on this massive Goliath army attacking Goliath army that it looks like it's going to be, or if there's going to be some sort of, I don't know, that people are going to find, you know, something else that people are Mm -hmm. going to find to say, oh, this will get around this, and we won't have to worry about any of these huge creatures. But as of right now, it looks like everything's going big. Oh, my goodness. What's up? Um, Have you guys seen Suffer the Past? I have not. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, my goodness. I've been sticking to the pretty, like... exists. This is insane. Okay. Brace yourselves, because I... It, maybe I'm missing something, but this seems insane. X and a black, instant. Exile X target cards from target player's graveyard. For each card exiled this way, that player loses one life, and you gain one life. This is confirmed? This is confirmed on, on a spoiler page. It's essentially an instant drain life. Yeah for a graveyard that also hits them. Hmm. The drawback is being you can only get as many cards as they have in their graveyard. 
Yeah. So, and and it's easily disrupt. Yeah, well, I mean, that, but also, I mean, like, it's, you know, we've, we've all seen what Cabal Coffers can do. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are losing life and you're gaining life, it's not damage that can be prevented. Um, the only thing is that it's easily disruptible. Let's say, I don't want you to do that, I just remove one of my cards somehow, you know, like with Withered Wretch or something, you know, not... This is not standard. Or in standard, Relic of Progenitus, remove all graveyards in response, your spell just completely fizzles. But it's still, the fact that it's an instant, mm. end of your turn, bang, get all your cards, and you lose, let's say, just, you know, seven cards. It's still seven life, and I've gained seven life for eight mana. Just huge swing in one other direction. I don't know, I think it looks, it just seems pretty ridiculous. Remember how we were talking about Vendetta and being kind of silly that there's nothing really that, you know, affects life totals? There's a card called Repay in Kind, five black and or five and two black for a sorcery that makes each player's life total equal to the lowest life total among all players. Whoa! You just go around vendettaing everything, and then bang, everyone's at the same life you're at. Hmm. Then I'll suffer the past you. I don't know. <laughs> I'm at one. Now I'll make you lose one life. Anything. Leech ridden swamp. I don't know. Do you want to talk about like a drafting tip for the like the last little thing or? Yeah. I guess drafting tip number one is always, always stay. You know, always splash if you can. You know, splash removal. Here are the things I would say I come out of drafting needing to remember: never neglect creatures, but never forsake removal. Those two rules are very important. I mean. I'm assuming a lot of times at pre-releases you're going to give a, be given a sealed pool, so you're going to have to you know figure out what you want to keep and what you don't want to end up playing. But the thing that you always need to remember is you have to have a way to get rid of problems, but you also have to have a way to win. A lot of times people put in all removal spells and then forget to even like put in anything that will make them win. Yeah, or they put in like sort of stuff. five creatures and they're like, oh look at all these cool umbras that I that I drafted. I'm going to draft all these umbras. Oh no, you removed my creature before I could put my Umbra on it. <laughs> yeah. So, while enchantments and creature enchantments and all those things can be game-ruining and, and end up making you win really fast and really hard, they can also be wasted cards because your opponent packed enough removal to get rid of your creature before you could enchant it. So, I would say, when you draft, always remember, like, the two most important things are creatures and removal spells. Other than that, like, I mean, you just have to make sure, you know, you can have a couple extra cards... You know, like maybe a couple enchantments for like later game when you think you've soaked up most of the removal, pop it on, win the game with it. And always make sure that you include a bomb as best you can. Like some card that's just going to be like, once it's out there, you're going to win. Look through your cards. I'm, unless you have horrible luck, you'll find something in there that's going to make you win the game. Oh, and everyone's getting an Emrakul. You- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't play that in yeah, your deck. I know. But, however... <laughs> It'd be fantastic. Just slip them in. Until fifth, turn 15. And as much card draw as you can get in your deck without you know, forsaking the idea of creatures and, re- and removal spells. So that Wall of Omens is probably something you're going to want to pack a few of. Draw some cards, block some creatures. Keep your life total up. I would say that basic deck building strategies would be core to keep in mind. Don't get all excited by seeing whatever mm-hmm. keep good deck-building strategies in mind, and the Casual Planeswalkers Guide to Deck Building, our deck list checklist that we include with the book would be an amazing thing to keep in mind, or just keep one with you as you go out there. 
take a peek at the cards you're picking up. Make sure you're not picking up. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe all seven cost isn't a big deal in this set. I, I mm-hmm. couldn't tell you. But keep an eye on your mana curve. Keep an eye on what you're putting in there. And make sure you're keeping everything well rounded. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what you're trying to. You're getting at with that, Nick. Mm-hmm. And draft as many stagger shock as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would win the game on itself. All right. Because I think, so yeah. No, oh, go ahead. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. So if anybody happens to be in Denver for the pre-release event, you know, we'll we'll see you there. But otherwise, have fun this weekend. I think it should be pretty awesome to see what Rise of the Eldrazi has in store for us. To snag your copy of our awesome book before the pre-release, or for more on Eldrazi and magic in general, head over to www.casualplaneswalker.com or hit us up on Facebook at the Casual Planeswalker page. 